The Bob Murphy Show, episode 308. you gonna do get ready for another episode of the bob murphy show the podcast promoting free markets free minds and grateful souls it's your source for commentary and interviews conducted by a christian and economist now here's your host bob murphy well some of you are gonna love this some of you are not gonna love it following conversation I had with Owen Benjamin. If you're not familiar with who Owen is, let me read from his intriguing and mysterious about section on his website about Owen, the wild journey of Owen Benjamin from upstate New York to Hollywood to the country of Idaho. Owen Benjamin has been on quite the journey known as many names, including the big bear and bard king of Bearteria. Owen leads an inspiring life of truth and adventure. Uh, I have him explain a bit once we get into the discussion in case you don't, he hasn't been on your radar, just so you know. Owen really was uh, a successful professional comedian, um, very talented. He, he had music involved in his acts, and you know he, he commanded the stage. When he was up there, he was in charge, and it's like, oh, wow, this guy, he's a real stand-up comedian. Um, and then he couldn't keep his mouth shut or wouldn't keep his mouth shut on certain issues, uh, specifically transgenderism. And we'll get into that. And they, the powers that be, uh, did their best to deplatform him. And among other things, he is also known for very unorthodox views on certain historical events involving a large satellite of the planet earth. And, even whether we should endorse the heliocentric model. Okay. So I don't run away from those things. I, if somebody holds a really unusual view, I like to probe and just to see how do you connect that with other views and, you know, how does that all mesh? So anyway, that's what we do. If you don't like that stuff, what can I tell you? You probably listen to the wrong podcast. The main reason though I have him on is I think it was because of Javier Malay's speech to the WEF, but I'm not sure about that. But recently on Twitter, Owen has been sharing his views on anarcho-capitalists and he's none too pleased with us. And so in, in among other things, he kind of threw down the gauntlet and said, yeah, I'll do any of your guys shows. Why don't you have me on? Let's talk about this stuff. And I'm certainly not afraid to debate my views on this. However, I should clarify as you folks know, I don't do debates typically on my podcast. I really did just want to have him come on and have a conversation about this stuff to see if we can come to any resolution. Without further ado, here is my discussion with Owen Benjamin. Owen, welcome to the Bob Murphy Show. Thanks for having me. So you had mentioned you had a funny story. Do you want to open with that? Oh, yeah, dude. So this is my third uh, stream of the day. So I uh, I have a farm and I have four kids and I homeschool and I do a two hour podcast a day. So my day's pretty tight mm-hmm. and I'm fighting with this dude, you know, Bryson Gray. The name's familiar. He's like a black rapper who does more like uh uplifting family value rap. Mm-hmm. All right. So 
Me and him start getting in this little back and forth because I'm making fun of him about like stealing a bike or something. And so he's making fun of me. We're doing funny racial stuff. But then I do a stream yesterday and I'm wearing this shirt because my bike was stolen in 1991 on May 24th on my birthday, a blue dino. Just trust me, there's a payoff to this. It's hysterical. <laughs> so I'm doing the stream and I'm kind of making fun of Bryce and we're having a back and forth. Well, hang on, though. Start- do I need to see your shirt? Because it's, it's not in the frame. No, no, matter? I'm not oh, wearing okay. it right now. Oh, but my okay. other buddy made me this shirt because I've been gotcha. doing a joke about a bike being stolen yep, yep, yep. on my birthday, 1991, right? So Bryson starts getting like a little nutty. He's like mm-hmm. getting aggressive. So I always match and escalate aggression. You know, I, I just went to war with like the country of India two two weeks ago. You know. Yes. And so, uh, and so I'm like, why is he being so nuts? And so then he's like calling me out. We got to do this live stream. I'm like, dude, let's do it next week. I'm really busy, dude. Like, I we got a schedule. He's like, oh, you want to run for me, coward? All this. So I'm like, listen, I'll do it. I'll do it while I'm doing cardio. I have to do cardio. I eat too many cookies. You know. And so I'm doing cardio and I'm like talking to this dude and it turns out the reason he got so mental and now we're like boys, by the way, is, uh, he's like, what's up with that shirt making like that shirt. You got that shirt with a stolen bike on it with May 24th. I'm like, yeah, my bike, my bike was stolen. It's my birthday. He goes, dude, that's my birthday. I'm like, wait a minute. When were you born? He goes, I was born May 24th, 1991. So he thinks I made this shirt making fun of him personally. Right, right, right. That's the day he was born was the day my bike was stolen, right? Mm-hmm. And so I believe in synchronicities because I see him all the time. But the odds of that are insane. So we're both dying laughing. I'm like, you thought I made a shirt <laughs> like just to make fun of you with your birthday? He, I'm, he's like, you got the same birthday as me? I'm like, dude, look at my Twitter right now, May 24th. I'm like, my bike was stolen 33 years ago. And I, all right, so anyway. So I do the stream today about it, and my stream number is 1865, the year the Civil War ended. Mm-hmm. And so, and I'm writing a movie right now called The Bike Thief about a dude whose bike was stolen and he becomes like a, a self-destructive racist. It's actually a comedy. And I'm like, will you play that part? And he's like, I'm in. And so the stars aligned today, and so that has been my day so far, so... And now we can talk about the role of government in our lives. Yes, I definitely want to get into that. Uh I would like to start out, though, with some other things to warm the crowd up here. Uh, let's get the people going. Let's do it. Let's do it. So you uh, you came on my radar as a comedian. I enjoyed your your work very much. Thank you and, very much. And uh, among other things, you were the uh, the one-foot-long piano player, but you had a way of phrasing it that had a double entendre that was quite yeah, cute. Yeah. I'm 6'8". Um, yeah, yeah, you get it. Everyone's getting it. Everyone gets the entendre. <laughs> Um, but you were, do I have this right? Am I remembering correctly that at one point, like, and you were successful, right? Like, and I know a lot of people say that like, oh yeah, the man kept me down, but no, you really did have things that were clicking and then you couldn't keep yeah, your rapid, mouth shut. Rapid, CAA, certain... rapid yeah. TAA. I've been in four Adam Sandler movies. I was the lead of a Netflix movie. I was the lead of a sitcom for three years. I was Vince Vaughn's closing act. I've done Leno seven times. I have two Comedy Central specials, six other specials, mm-hmm. headlining comedian, theater act. My picture was painted on the on the mural at the Hollywood Improv. So yeah, when people are like, oh, failed comedian, it's like, right. I'm the elite of, I mean, I'm not a Bill Burr or a Kevin Hart, mm-hmm. but I'm, uh, I'm in the top one hundredth of a percent. And so 2015, 2016, 
I started speaking out about the trans child stuff. I have a kid. I'm no, I'm, I see the horrors of abortion. Once I uh, see a woman actually get pregnant, I start uh, speaking out about this. Um, I lose my agent, lose my manager, get blackballed. My, co- my colleges are saying I'm too transphobic. I'm not allowed to perform. Um, so I start, you know, it's like, I had to start all over again. I'm doing tree work with my brother. I'm banned from every club. I'm banned from PayPal, Twitter, Facebook. I got kicked off Airbnb and I've never even been accused of a misdemeanor, right? Because Mm -hmm. of course we see that the new world order is in the private sector and we'll get to that. (laughs) Ha ha ha. So I saw that my greatest, uh, (laughs) I saw that my greatest strength strength was through the government where I could perform in a library when every other uh, institution would ban me because it's all, you know, quote unquote, free market, central banking. We'll get into all that. And uh, and the post office, the post office allowed me to have uh, commerce and allowed me to grow. And I started building my own platforms again, thanks to the United States government uh, that protects the entrepreneur, protects property rights, protects my ability to have a farm. And I watch all these people uh, you know, I don't even know where this is on right now, but I'm sure I'm banned from it. I mean, I had to sue uh, Patreon once, and uh, it was in a private court jams. It was an absolute nightmare. And, uh, you know, the uh, the actual court, the United States court, sided with me when jams tried to sue all of my listeners for Patreon through jams through the private arbitration, which is an absolute joke. Corruption to a degree that's mind-blowing. So that's kind of where I'm at. And then I got to the point where uh, I got really self-sufficient. You know, I have no debt. I have no credit cards. I homeschool my four kids. I have a great wife. I grow my own food. And uh, I do comedy every single day of my life. And I, uh, I think about a bike that was stolen once 33 years ago. And I'm motivated by that. And everything's great. So I want to talk today about maintaining our government and all the protections it offers and the absolute hellish dystopia that is anarchy. I do want to get into that, but first, can we do a quick rundown of the uh, your uh, the other thing that you're often known for and associated with is the what, conspiracy theories? Yeah, like I don't think we went to the, do you think we went to the moon? I would rather phrase it as your position, and I just want to ask yeah, you Yeah, questions. just like, you know, do you think that they played golf on the moon, destroyed the evidence, and can't go back because we don't have the technology? Like, do you believe that's true? I will say this for sure. That I listened, I think it was you on Dave Smith's show. Yeah. When you yeah. made your case, and I was listening, and the more, and I was like, huh. And you said, uh, like, oh, well, first of all, the head of NASA was like an ex Nazi rocket scientist. And I was like, that doesn't sound right. And I looked it up, and it was right. That is yeah, true. And Jack Parsons, <laughs> who is a black magician who advocates pedophilia. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then uh, I liked your point about the, the telemetry data from that, you know, that should be in the Smithsonian. And NASA's official position is they taped over it. They taped over it. it. They taped over it because they had a limited amount of tapes. It's like right out of American Psycho. It's like, oh, I was returning videotapes. And people eat it up. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, you're such a conspiracy theorist. I'm like, you're a moron then. Like, do, do you get lied to like this by everybody? Like, if I just tell you, you know, uh, that there's an invisible guy that says, if you don't give me all your money, the world's going to blow up. Like, would would someone believe that? You know? And so... And then you have Neil Armstrong saying that, uh, you know, he's like, we got there with less technology than you have in your iPhone today. And then they're like, why can't you go back? They're like, we destroyed the technology. It's too painful to rebuild. It's just too much technology. And people are like, so yeah, yeah, that's, that's, and I noticed a lot of anarchists love the moon landing, like little Mikey Malice. 
thinks I'm this like <laughs> thinks I'm this like unhinged loon because I question the moon landing when literally NAS is basically a NAMBLA convention. You know, it's like I know some dudes that have been to federal prison and every NASA scientist in there is in for the you know why they're in there. And so uh, it's it's an absolute disaster. Arthur C. Clarke, you know, he had to flee America because he was accused of pedophilia. He lived out of his days in Sri Lanka. Of course, you have Isaac Asimov, whose son was convicted of having the most amount of job for in, in American history. So it's like, you know, the sci-fi world of NASA is absolutely insane. And so I'm just glad the federal government exists. You know what I mean? So, um, <laughs> well, but let's push this just for a moment, if you can, because <laughs> another one that I liked that, I don't know if you made this point or I just, but it wasn't merely that they allegedly did this in 1969. And then 50 years later, we, the deadline keeps getting pushed back and they keep coming up with reasons but Kennedy in in September of 62 threw down the gauntlet and said, within this decade, we will send a man to the moon and bring him back. And then they pulled it off. Whereas now, if somebody in 2022 said, we're going to do a high speed rail between New York City and L.A. by the end of this decade, we all know there's no way they would do that on schedule. And yet it's like, we went to the moon. Yeah, yes. it was. Uh, we it choose was... to do the moon and these other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. And yeah, yeah, we will sail the sea at. I have a theory about it. I think that when we got off the gold standard, they had to like mind warp everyone. So they did like all these psyops, bang, 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 you know, Woodstock, moon landing, Manson. I'm not, I'm not saying they're like fake, but mm -hmm. I think that they were really, really hammering people as they took us off the gold standard in 71. Because if you just did it without large psychological operations, I think people would be like, wait, so our money's worthless now. They're like, Hey, check out Deep Purple. Ha! You know, they were just hammering people. And the moon landing really did a number. You know, I used to want to be an astronaut. You know, I used to mm -hmm. think about dinosaurs and all the nonsense. And the, we used to hide under our wooden cardboard desk because of the nuclear bomb threat. You know, it's like, it's like that era was so riddled with ridiculous claims. Of, you know, and I know it's all uh, the financial system. And I'm not, I get it. Like, I've talked to some guys that are pretty high up freely about these things and they have a point they're like what would you do you know if you have to get off the gold standard and uh and you you know if you don't 100 million people will starve so you gotta you gotta run some ops and i'm like yeah yeah i get it it's a free will so, wor world so what is your view that uh you think they they went up and orbited a few times and then faked going out to the moon and coming back and then I don't most think of the they left that, I mean, listen, man, I don't know. I'm not going to make any mm -hmm. claims mm -hmm. because I know whoever makes a claim has to provide evidence. Right. Um, but I, it appears to me like they never left a movie studio. Like, okay. why would they? I mean, there, it, I mean, it's like, it's nonsense. I mean, if you look at Elon Musk and Virgin Atlantic, like nobody is doing anything. It's all nonsense. I think they have really advanced technology. Like, I don't think everything's fake. You know, like that little pervert Michael Malice would be like, oh, Owen thinks everything, he overdosed on red pills. No, I, I think there's directed energy weapons. I think there's, I think there's like, um, there, there's technology that's mind blowing, especially with surveillance, stuff like that. Um, but I don't, I mean, the moon landing is absurd and, and space itself is an absurd claim that you know, that there's a vacuum that's been exploding for 27 billion years. They just doubled the amount of time again. And, 
you know, all this, all the science guys are so fluoridated, fluoridated and perverted. They don't even question it. They're like, the universe is 14, 7 billion years of exploding. They're like, uh, 27 billion years. And everyone's like, so the fact that I question that if people call me a conspiracy, listen, listen, one thing I will say, one thing that I pulled back on is accusing of conspiracy because I can't prove that, you know, and we can get into the flat earth stuff too. I don't know what the earth is, so I'm not going to make a claim like this is the right map. And I know that drives people crazy. They're like, well, if you can't, if you don't have a solution, don't criticize it. I'm like, well, you know, eight inches per mile squared. I can show you that that isn't observable. And, you know, it, long range snipers don't factor it in and pilots don't factor it. Like, it, you know, that's a whole episode in itself, but I'm not going to make a claim as to what it is because I'm not the, I'm a comedian in a barn. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I, same with the vaccine. I'm like, you haven't demonstrated that that cures anything. So I won't be participating in that. And they're like, Oh, well, prove it doesn't. Or I'm like, no, like, I'm not, I don't have to prove that. Like you haven't sold me on a spinning ball. You know, it's like, I just, I'm not sold. And then it drives people nuts when you don't want to consent to it. And I'm like, yeah, I just don't consent to that. Okay. So maybe as an analogy, like it sounds like your view on some of these other ones is what I think about the Kennedy assassination. Like I spent a while looking at the, and I concluded the Warren report cannot be true. Right. And then people say, oh, what do you think happened? And I say, I don't know. I'm exactly. just saying the Warren report's not true. And it sounds like that's what you're saying. Yeah, uh, that's about the most things. powerful position because mm-hmm. you'll be fed. I see, quote unquote, truthers fall into this trap all the time. And I've been guilty of this in the past where you realize something's obviously false. And then you immediately jump uh, to a new conclusion that you can't prove. And in the law, and it's like natural law, too. It's not just about like our government. Whoever makes the claim, the burden of responsibility is on that person. So it's like, if you're going to say vaccine, the vaccine like will keep you from getting a disease, you have to prove that to me. You know, I don't have to prove that it doesn't. I, you're the one making the claim. And the spinning ball claim is, the, and I know this will trigger people and they'll think I'm like unhinged and announce all that, but it's such an insane claim and the proof just isn't there. You know, like. I was always told, oh, snipers factor in the the spin. And I'm very, very close with a lot of highly trained snipers that teach classes on ballistics and all this stuff. And a lot of them are flat earthers because there's they, they'll factor in the temperature of the ground and they don't factor in a spin. So there is that, that and then people go, oh, well, the everything's moving at the same speed then. I'm like, yeah, but you're the one who said that there's a Coriolis effect and there isn't. Ballistic missiles don't factor in a spin. Yeah, and then they say, oh, well, you, uh, uh, a ship goes over the horizon. No, it doesn't. You can zoom in, and it does it. Eight inches per mile squared means eight inches of curve for one mile, 16 for two, 32. It just keeps escalating. And in a very short amount of time, you, you're not supposed to be able to see across Lake Ontario. And I'm from Oswego, New York, and there are, not, there are days when you can see Toronto across Lake Ontario, and that's not remotely possible on the claimed ball. So then steel to bike Tyson says, oh, it's an oblique spheroid. It's, it's pear-shaped. And they do that because they know that you can prove there isn't eight inches per mile squared. And, uh, you know, and then he'll say stuff like, oh, uh, a, a, a professional field goal kicker has to factor in the spin and it's one in, and a half inches. And I'm like, that's funny. My, one of my best friends was an all-American 
professional field goal kicker and he's a flat earther because you absolutely do not factor in a spin ever. Like that's insane. Same with pilots, same with all this stuff. And so I know that that kills my credibility with people, but I don't care. It's like, prove it to me. There's no flat earther took a vaccine. No flat earther had a transgender surgery. Like we're very stubborn people and we're not usually very uh, swayed by social shame or, you know, being called names and stuff. I'm like, I don't care. You know, I watch people walk off a cliff all the time and I'm like, yeah, don't trust the Pied Piper, man. Have them prove it to you. So speaking of cliffs then, and I realized a minute ago, you just said, Hey, it's not the burden of proof is not on you. But I mean, if it, if it isn't some type of sphere, what, like, do you think there's an edge that that's, um, I think it might be an infinite plane. I, I don't know. I think it might be an, um, like a troidal field. I don't know. I mean, I have a, I have a lot of theories that I can't prove, but the, the, the common misconception is, okay, so is it just like a pancake floating in space? No, like it's, it's applying that paradigm of like space, like, oh, look up at the sky. Everything's a sphere. There are lights in the sky. So a, a street light has anything to do with the pavement. You know, it's like, that's a light. Like, you don't know mm. that, that Matt Damon is running around on Mars. You've been lied to by the Hollywood industry. You know, it's, it's why it's called DreamWorks. And so, and then they're like, oh, but explain the, the, the moon. I'm like, you explain the moon. You explain how you only see one half of it. It's, it's got a tidal lock. It's covered in quote unquote craters, but you never see a crater get formed. And they lied about the moon landing like blatantly lied about the moon landing. There's no chance they went to the moon. So it's like the Bible says it's a light to rule the night. The Bible has nothing about a spinning ball. The Bible says, you know, God is above, you know, that like that, that God stopped the sun. It doesn't say God stopped spinning the earth. It's like, you know, the, the, um, the Catholic church was uh, obviously flat earth and stationary earth at least until Galileo. So for 1600 years, they, I mean, have they gotten more Christian since then? I mean, that's ridiculous. So, you know, Galileo was, was punished and persecuted if he even existed because he questioned the, uh, the earth being the center of the universe. And, and that was always the Christian position until they've gotten uh, more corrupt and more ridiculous. And the heliocentric model that the uh, the sun is 93 million miles away and it's in a constant explosion. Uh, I don't know. It doesn't look like that to me. And, uh, you know, and people can call me dumb all they want, but like I've been right about a lot of stuff other people are wrong about. Okay. Let, let me ask you the last one on this and then we can move on to the, the fun stuff that people want to hear is uh, so things like, you know, the, the moon landing, like I say, I, when I heard your, your original case, yes, there are lots of things. And I've gone to see the other, you know, the people allegedly debunking it in a lot of the stuff they say to me is not, you know, so I, at the very least, I can definitely say someone who says, I think they faked the moon landing. I am not going to say that person's crazy or, Oh, come on, give me a Thank break. Like there's okay. The, they the, tilt up as they leave. Like, did they leave a guy on the moon? Literally the moon lander goes up. It looks I had Vivian Kubrick on my stream and she goes, she goes, if my dad had shot that, it would have looked less ridiculous. 
So obviously it's fake. The question is, did, did uh, Stanley Kubrick shoot it? Mm-hmm. And Vivian Kubrick, we're analyzing it. And it's so badly shot. For, like, Because I have a history of being in film and production and all that. It's so dumb. And so there's a tilt up. And so they claim that they, they, <laughs> that they used a, a robot from Earth to tilt it up as, as they're leaving the moon. And, okay, if you're trying to do that with a robot from 500 feet away in 2024, you may take 40 takes. It's ridiculous of a claim. So you're telling me 1.6 light seconds away the first time you tried it, they tilted up in a perfect shot as the moon lander goes up 3,300 miles an hour to like connect to the other guy. And then they land in the, it's like, mm-hmm. it's so unbelievably stupid that like I, I've met up with a, Na, a former NASA guy the other day, he was recruited by NASA, but then worked at the MIT. He was a nuclear or a aero, um, aero, what's it called? Astrophysics guy. And he started listening to me and he showed the math. He's like, he's like, it's so preposterous that if you confront these people with it, they literally start to shake like you're questioning their God and they'll just start sweating. And so a lot of us have ended up in North Idaho and we're all buddies now, but it's, um, it's a pretty clear, you know, you'll show people these like obvious, this obvious evidence and they'll just start spiraling. And I'm like, okay, man, cool. Okay. So I guess last thing I wanted to ask is though, are you, are you okay saying it's more plausible that they fake the moon landing that, that the earth being a sphere is fake? Well, the earth could be an, a giant sphere, mm-hmm. but it's not the size that they say it is because eight inches per mile squared is very, very, very simple. And it's not there. And I know that's going to drive people insane, but it's the math is extremely clear. And with like modern technology, the consumer can buy a P900 camera, go to a lake or go to an ocean and just do it themselves. And people are going to scream about this. Maybe it's a, a sphere that's so big that it's one inch per mile squared. I don't know, but it's definitely not eight, not even close. And there's absolutely no evidence whatsoever. Like my wife used to be a structural engineer. There's no factoring in of any curve in any bridge ever made or any pilot or anything. It's not there. And, you know, Tesla or uh, the Mickelson-Morley experiment proved that the earth wasn't spinning. And then, of course, Einstein was wheeled out. Uh, you know, the guy who married his cousin, uh, was, uh, talked about, oh, it's all relative. It's relativity. You can't judge anything because we're all inside an explosion. And you're like, okay, buddy, maybe you should stop with the incest before you tell people how to think. You know what I mean? (laughs) Um, Einstein's a freak, a dirty little freak. So, so so does he, or do you not think there's geosynchronous satellites in orbit, like for cell phones? No, no, there's satellites. Absolutely. Uh, but they're, I don't, I mean, I don't think they're in free fall going 30,000 miles an hour. I mean, that's obviously crazy. I think a lot of them are attached to balloons. I mean, that's been proven. I mean, that NASA literally is the largest, uh, buyer of helium in the world. And they absolutely attach satellites to balloons. And it's really easy to, to direct them and to, uh, you know, and to, uh, keep them in orbit and then do repairs and all that stuff. But 
again, I can't, it's not up to me to prove that mm-hmm. because to say, oh, as a skeptical guy who clearly questions like the validity of something that, by the way, it's completely goes against Christianity, the spinning ball that in the beginning there was an explosion and we're now on a spinning ball that in a universe that's expanding until it becomes cold and dead. And we're descended from uh, uh, mutated monkeys. Like that's nihilism. That's absolutely. So our ancestors were monkeys. <laughs> you know, I think that the spell, I'm pretty into spell crap. You say you like, uh, you like my stuff about the wizard, you know, slaying the wizard spell crap. The best lies are true. You just manipulate the, um, the timeline. So I think big bang evolution is true, but it's nine months long. So I minored in evolution in college. My major was World War II history focused on tyrannical government takeovers. I studied in the Czech Republic. So that'll lead us into the next thing. But so they say that there's the Big Bang, there's the Big Bang, and then there's something called primordial ooze. So 4.1 billion years ago, the earth was just liquid ooze and there was no life and lightning struck it. And then magically, there was a single, uh, how, how Christians believe this is mind-blowing. It's like, it's pure nihilism. It's like from the insane mind of Sam Harris. But so, but so, uh, so there was just like a single cell, and then it, it mutated, and then it became multi-cell, and then it became a fish, and then it became a monkey, and then it became a person. Even though, you know, a lot of bacteria have a one-second lifespan, and you no one's ever witnessed something be uh, uh, change species. But my theory is that's the story of our conception. So primor- the big bang is literally when our parents had a situation, mm-hmm. primordial ooze, you, you get it. I'm going to keep mm-hmm. it uh, PG for the kids. Lightning strikes is that zinc flash of the zy- So, so you have the single cell in the ocean and then multi-cell and then it becomes what looks like a tadpole. And then you look like a monkey and then you're born. And so they're actually telling us the story of our conception, big bang, primordial ooze, single cell, multi-cell, uh, sea life, monkey, us. That's true. It's nine months long. It's not 4.1 billion years long inside of an expanding explosion. And our ancestors are not monkeys. Okay. I'm all right with the, uh, I, I've done a lot of episodes on it intelligent design theory. So I'm, I, I'm okay with you on that one. Um, so why don't we proceed then to the, uh, well, let me, let me just one last thing before we move on to this is part of what you're doing, like why you, uh, dwell on these topics, let's say, and, and, and talk about them. Is it so much that you're wrapped up in the particular theories or is it more, you want people to start thinking like, for example, I know you questioned that you say, I don't believe that they made an atomic bomb. And at first I was like, well, what about, and I just started going through and I was like, well, the whole point was like, you know, Oppenheimer and all them, like just to know quantum physics is not enough to make an atomic bomb. And so, and I realized like, well, why do I think they have it? And I said, well, cause the government shows me all this footage, right? Like it's by definition, it's very secret. So I'm just saying it, it is interesting. So to be clear, I'm not saying right now I disbelieve that there are. No, I get weapons, it. You're still on the, you're still on the smart I do get club. how you're <laughs> like, it's your, it's it, a lot of things that I took for granted. I realized and I said, wait a minute, how do I know that that's true? Is that, exactly. is, is that partly what you're trying to get people to Absolutely. do? Absolutely. That's the okay. win-win about it. 
like I I've proven myself wrong before where it's like, mm-hmm. um, air airplanes with jet fuel. You know, I was like looking at the math. How could they possibly fuel up at these airports? It looked ridiculous to me. I'm diving in. Then I find out about the underground reservoirs at these airports and I start really diving into how they're designed to hold this amount of fuel. And I'm like, oh, cool. You know, but that's that's critical thinking. That's great. Like, that's what we're all supposed to do. And when you're looking at something like um, uh, the nuclear bomb, you look at evidence. What's the evidence? Hiroshima, Nagasaki. There is no fallout radiation. They weren't even in the top 15 most destroyed cities. And Japan surrendered because Russia invaded Manchuria. So it's like, okay, so what's the evidence that there's a nuclear bomb? Well, we have these videos that are fake. I've, I've done whole breakdowns of it. It's like becoming... Like I did a tweet that got like 30 million views because it's so obviously fake, but people just hold on. They're like, how dare you? You're schizophrenic. It literally is claymation. And anyone who's done any history in Hollywood or anything can watch it. It's like, so it destroys a building, but not the camera. (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So the camera's fine. Then they go, oh, it's zoomed in. Okay, well, at that angle, that would be nine miles away. And why did the blast come from the same side as the camera? Like you'll see the wave and it's the same side as the camera. And then there's an interior shot of inside a house with like a doll and it vaporized it. I'm like, okay, show me the camera in 1941 that would survive a nuclear blast, but not a building. And they're like, oh, well, it was in a bunker. It, it couldn't have been in a bunker like that. At the bunker, the angle was like this. Okay, so if it was in a bunker, that would have been, if you just say, okay, it's two miles away, do A squared plus B squared, you know, you do the, but that, you know, you do your uh, right angle uh, stuff, you get the hypotenuse, and that would be a nine mile zoom. Show me a, show me a lens that has a nine mile zoom for an interior where the blast is coming from the, so the, the, the video is completely fake. It's like mindlessly fake. So then you say, Okay, well, show me the evidence. Well, you know, when they were testing nuclear bombs in the desert, Vegas, you would watch the mushroom clouds. There are large bombs. Like, I'm not saying there aren't huge bombs. There is depleted uranium poisoning and people have thyroid problems and all that. Like, I'm not, I don't say like war is fake. Like, obviously there's crazy weapons, you know, but their claim that a nuclear bomb causes like this winter and poisons all the oceans and fallout radiation is provable nonsense. Hiroshima was no more destroyed than, than Tokyo or any of those. Like, look at the, like how many people died, how much infrastructure was destroyed. It wasn't in the top 15. There were fire bombs. So what they would do is they would cover a city with incendiary, pop a giant explosion. Everything burns. It didn't cause cancer. It's like there's people from Hiroshima that live to be like a hundred years old. You know, it's like it wasn't. And then you look at the uh, all the testing done in America. There's no fallout radiation 40 miles outside of Vegas. There's nothing. You go with the Geiger count, there's nothing there. And so it's a big and then you have uh, the testimony of uh, Galen Windsor, who worked for the Manhattan Project and for um, GE. And he, he's like, oh, yeah, it was, it was TNT. Like they would do thousands of pounds of TNT do a giant explosion, which creates a mushroom cloud. And then that was the psychological operation to control the world during the cold war, where we have a button, 
You know, it's like it's like two thieves are at a table. They both say we have a gun underneath the table. It doesn't matter if there's a gun or not. You know, that's going to stop conflict. And I'm not even against that. Like, that's the thing is I'm not even like I understand the geopolitical reason why someone would create this monster to keep people from fighting. It may have saved lives. Like, I'm not like like my truth or perspective isn't like uh, there's no good reason why someone would do a psychological operation at all. But I see the damage it does to my friends and people I know where they're like, oh, we're going to get nuked. We're going to get nuked. I'm like, dude, when I was nine years old, they used to say that. And we do these drills under desks and the, you know, the boogeyman's coming and it isn't happening. You know, your biggest threat is alcoholism, opioids, despair, suicidal ideation, economic problems, not being productive, not having a family, not connecting to other people, not having a community. Like, that's the nuclear bomb. And the irony is the spellcraft behind nuclear bomb is it's about the nuclear family. Like that was the real, like to divide the family is the real spell to break up. The family unit is the real destructive power of the quote unquote nuclear bomb. Okay. One last thing I meant to ask earlier, and then I promise we'll get into the political stuff. You, You you kind of had a passing reference earlier, you know, that you you went to war with India and for people uh-huh. who follow you on Twitter, you know what that is. Um, uh, Some was engaging in stereotypical humor, right? Are, now, are you doing that partly like everyone needs to lighten up like, like a Don Rickles kind of, come on guys, let's all lighten up. There's a lot of serious injustice in the world and you're mad about me indulging in a stereotype that half of you say at home anyway, but I'm just doing it on Twitter. Is, is that part of what's well, is comedy going on? is the only way people can ever actually get along. And I think withholding that masculine riffing and that masculine ability to make fun of each other will actually create the tension and the unreleased stress that, that where you could actually see uh, horrible scenarios. And so what I was making fun of is I always make fun of bad behavior you know, uh, whether it's making fun of white stealing uh, copper or doing bank fraud or like, you know, black stealing a bike or the Pajits, you know, eating cow dung, you know what I mean? Or, you know, it's stuff that is universally bad behavior. And so I'm not saying that one race is morally superior than another. Like, I, I don't believe that. Like, I don't think a white kid is born with a better soul than a black kid, like at all, you know, but like to make fun of bad behavior in each groups, especially when a group is starting to justify bad behavior with victim consciousness, where it's like, Oh, I got to steal because you know, I was oppressed or like, I got to bomb Gaza because like, they're just trying to hurt me, the Holocaust or whatever, you know, it's like, now, you know, you're still doing bad stuff or with the, with the Indians. Um, you know, like they, they, a lot of them will brush their teeth with cow manure. And I find that to be pretty gross. And, uh, yeah, I was going to, I make fun of them for that. And for people who think, what are you talking about? Like in the comments, when you tweeted about that, somebody posted a video to, to that very, they have have holidays (laughs) where they literally roll around in cow manure. And now there's, there's Indians that are not doing that. There's, there's really high quality Indians, but it was when Vivek was running for president as a Brahmin Hindu. And I know a lot about a lot of cultures. And the way a Brahmin would treat a Kshatrian who would treat a untouchable, they treat them literally like dogs. 
And the culture there and the religion based around, you know, I'm not going to get into it, but it's really dark. And the caste system about being born into a role where you deserve superiority over other people, not because of your character, but because of the karma of your previous life is obscene. And so I'm going to, as an American, as a free American, I'm going to knock them down because they're not going to come to this country and try and institute an idea that your past life is why you have your position and you can treat other people badly because you have more money than them. And Vivek did a pharmaceutical pump and dump. He's a financial criminal, which is probably why he wants to get rid of the FBI, because I'm sure they're, he's on their radar. Hey, everybody, let's take a break from the action to talk about a new sponsor for the show, which is Vita. So this is an interesting new app that I've come across. They have an intriguing business model. What it is, it's a free spam blocking and privacy tool. So you download the Vita app and you select a second phone number that's yours, free and clear, no obligation on your part. Now, anybody who wants to contact you through either phone call or text via that second new phone number that you've established, if they're not on your contact list, then they have to pay whatever rate you determine in order to get through and for you to even see the message or receive the incoming phone call. And so what's happening here, big picture, I'm here commenting as an economist, is that there's lots of companies that are trying to market this way, but they would very much prefer to be able to target their marketing to people who are more likely to want their product or service. And so Vita is effectively allowing you to monetize that fact. And so what the companies are willing to pay in terms of targeting their marketing, you now are able to participate in that at whatever rate that you think your time is worth. So the way I'm looking at it right now with my regular phone, I'm getting all kinds of spam texts and calls all the time. And what Vita is allowing is a way for you to be paid for your attention. Again, whatever price you determine. So to see how it works, to give it a shot, go to vita.io slash Murphy. That's V-I-D-A dot I-O slash Murphy. Start getting paid from these outside people trying to reach you at whatever rate you choose. If you go ahead and download today, you'll get your first $1 just for getting the app. Again, that's vita.io slash Murphy. All right, let's get back to the conversation. Okay, so I suppose as we transition now, I'm going to officially say it's not like I hang out with them personally, but I do know Vivek and Malice and you. I'm sure you do. That's why I'm hitting them. Okay. So obviously I'm not going to debate you. So you think Malice, it's cool. (laughs) how he's promoting the trans stuff and the abortion and all that. Like as a Christian man, you think that's fine? I think it probably would make more sense for us to go move on from that. No, no, but just so you can't even say that killing a baby's bad. Like you can't. Oh, even say killing that. a baby's bad. I, I'm saying and I don't. Malice gleefully talks about how he's killed. You know, he's aborted kids. Okay, I, I have, I literally never seen that. So and the trans stuff. You never seen any of that. You never seen Michael Malice promote a uh, a man who uh, cut off his penis named you, uh, Blair White. You've never uh, seen. I, that I know he. I know he hangs out with Blair White. Yes. Right, and so you know, you don't think that does any damage to young people, any confusion, any sexualization of a of a very disturbed man. Like, there's no problem there at all because you I'm, guys are buddies. I, I'm not. I'm not saying we're buddies. I'm just saying I know him. Right, right. No, I know you got. I get it. But I'm. I'm I don't hold back with this stuff because right, right. it's not about hate, and I want people to mm-hmm. know this. It's about love. 
I'm very mm. paternal about innocent people, especially kids exposed to this stuff in public. If people want to sodomize each other in their home, that's their decision. And I don't want mm. the government to kick in their door and arrest little Michael Malice for his little perversions. But that, to promote it commercially and legally is insanely damaging to kids. And it's why I don't want to be a part of that. That's why I want more government regulation to pull that out of the commercial. Because I watched in my lifetime, they took the trans thing off the DSM-6 and they no longer said it was a, uh, a mental illness. And so then they started marketing to kids, Teva Pharmaceuticals out of Israel, right? And then they started targeting kids with propaganda and marketing to get them to become trans. And that is a crime against humanity. And that is because of a deregulation from our government. And that's true. Okay. And I know Michael Malice. I'm, I don't hate the guy. It's not like I'm like, have an ax to grind, but he won't debate me because I'm a moon landing conspiracy theorist. And he pretends like he has a moral superiority to me, even though he promotes trans abortion, a lack of government, a lack of governance, a anarchy, right? That would... If we deregulate anymore, people are going to see a living hell. And so if anybody ascribes to the God of Jesus Christ, how could anyone possibly? Jesus said that, you know, if you lead my children astray, millstone to the neck. And so you're looking at people showing a mentally damaged man who's dressing like a woman, uh, you know, cutting off their own penis and saying that that's a beautiful woman. Like that's the definition of damaging the youth. Okay. So I definitely have done a lot defending what is called anarcho-capitalism. Just so you know, Owen, I stopped volunteering the term anarchism for that because I am a Christian. I thought, well, there's a sense in which I'm a monarchist because I have a king. And so I thought that was a more accurate, but certainly what people mean by extreme radical libertarianism, deregulation. I endorse that. So I'm happy to, to talk you want about less, that. Right? You want the commercial space to have more access to sin. N like no. Like where was there a bottom or just keep going with it? N no, it's what I am against is using violence to try to make the world a better place. And so that's the, the framework that I'm, I'm using it from. So right, what about violence against a, a criminal? Uh, so I personally uh, call myself a pacifist. I mean, there's extreme, you know, someone's going to do something to my kid and I don't see any other way I'm going to do what I have to do. But, but right, even there, I would personally want to uh, use any possible means to try to defuse a situation without resorting to violence. And if I did have to, I would you forever have to. The irony, the irony is my position of regulation would, would defuse the situations before they would ever even happen. If you make it so that you can't even start with this stuff, you know, you ban usury, ban sodomy, ban drug distribution, keep everything private, then you don't get to a point where these exploitations are happening in public to the degree where people are going to get violent. They're going to get violent because it's going to get to a degree where if you your utopian dream of anarchy reaches its next level, the the most profitable businesses will be uh, sex with children, selling children, right? Because you can have a contract with a consenting six-year-old. There's nothing stopping that. There's nothing with the NAP or any of this stuff with the non-aggression principle that would stop 
uh, a starving six-year-old with a, a crazy dad for selling them on a billboard in a public space. So it's like, if you have that, you're going to have a violent reaction. And so I'm a man of peace myself. I don't fantasize about violence. I don't like violence. But like, if you limit that, if you limit that exploitation, you will have people much, much less uh, likely to commit violence where, you know, you have uh, decency codes with women. You don't put them in a situation where they're uh, drinking vodka with Michael Malice and a trans at three in the morning doing cocaine, right? That's a terrible position to put a woman in. And then if she is taken advantage of by a complete stranger, what do you do then? Do you, are you a pacifist? So I would like to go before any of that ever happens and say that shouldn't be allowed. Like a woman should not be at a bar getting drunk with strangers at three in the morning, putting them in that position, because then you are going to potentially have to hang a rapist. And I believe in capital punishment for rape. I believe in capital punishment for murder. I don't believe in capital punishment for theft. I don't think that it's ever okay to take a life for a property damage. But if you rape a woman or if you kill somebody, you should hang for that. Okay. Let me, let's try to unpack some of this. So <laughs> were you, were you in favor? Unpack that. That's great. <laughs> were you in favor of alcohol prohibition as it was enforced in the United States? Yeah. Okay. Now, even though I think they did it for a sneaky reason. I think they did it to uh, to get rid of private stills because farmers were making an alternative to gasoline, which and the Rockefellers were trying to uh, monopolize um, monopolize uh, energy, and so I think that's probably why they did it. But I would like to see alcohol. If you want to drink alcohol, I think that you should make it yourself or do it privately, and uh, you shouldn't be allowed to market it to kids because. It's the young mind when they see all their favorite influencers getting wasted and having so much fun, and then they they throw their life away. You know, that's that's damage. I don't, for the record, I'm not in favor of a police officer kicking in anyone's door and searching them for drugs or searching them for alcohol or policing their sexuality or any of that. But the commercial space, the public space should stay clean especially when you're dealing with anywhere with children or anywhere where there are impressionable minds that look up to an idol and say, I want to be just like Magic Johnson getting, you know, getting AIDS or whatever. It's like, that should be kept from kids. You know, like Kim Kardashian should not be allowed to market that lifestyle to any young girls. Okay. So, but again, just to make sure we're getting your point. So are you, you're okay with people making drinking alcohol them. and drinking yeah. it. You just don't yeah. want it. Even are you okay? If two adults go, you know, in a shop somewhere and go. change money for beer, as long yeah. as kids aren't involved. Yeah. 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 I think private memberships. Um, I think you should be able to buy and sell psilocybin mushrooms. If you want, if it's like a private membership where two consenting adults are like meet somewhere privately, it can't be marketed. It can't be in the commercial or public space. Um, that's their decision. Yeah, of course. I'm the same way with raw milk. Like I sell raw milk privately and it's totally legal. And I am like, yeah, but it's all about the, the public marketing. It's about people having access to getting more customers, like making them customers. That's the problem I have when it comes to sin, when it comes to things that objectively damage them, 
Now, if you want to get into some interesting conversations, like my big sin is cookies. Like I, I battle that, you know, I, you know, my wife makes these amazing cookies, like refined sugar, you could argue is more dangerous than cocaine. I mean, people get diabetes, they get fat, you know? So that's why I don't want to police people's behavior, but it's like, it's about getting like kids addicted to it. I don't like that at all. And I think that we need more regulation, especially when it comes to sodomy, uh, usury and, um, you know, stuff like that. Okay. So what if somebody says, yeah, Owen, that would be great if we had the government that we could trust to do that. But these are literally the people that, you know, cover up for Epstein all that time. And so, you know, the last people in the world you'd want to turn to, to make sure our morals are upheld are, is the political class. Well, that, yeah, I hear that all the time. The government is a representation of the people's morality. So like people are like, oh, the government are, are so gross. They're a bunch of pedos. They're all such perverts. I'm like, eh, I mean, look around. Like a lot, I think that you get the government you deserve. And uh, I think if we demand more morality from the government and in our personal life, we don't engage in these activities, I think that you would see a, a much cleaner government, like a Switzerland or a Saudi Arabia or a Singapore. You know, like uh, Singapore, you throw gum on the ground, they cane you. And I think that that's why it's so clean there because they have a high demand for cleanliness. In America, it's like, uh, you know, you get the government, the corruptions in the government just represent the people's will. And you can't not have a government. This is something that I think a lot of anarchists don't understand is that is a position that will be filled, whether it's a gang, a cartel, a guy with a dream. Like I would make Dave Smith a slave just to prove a point. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, if there's no government, like there is no monopoly on force, everybody has force. And then you start getting into that when a government falls, like Ukraine right now is a disaster because anybody with a dream can, can do the force and, and do that. And so to have a system with a public trust where you have like the laws outlined, like right now our government, I think has too many laws. They should be simpler, but they should be more direct and more regulated. Like, I think that having, you know, 8 million laws isn't, isn't super helpful. I think it should just be like, you know, these things are all banned. This is the regulations. These are the punishments. And, uh, yeah, I'm very, very in favor of that. And I think the idea of not having a government, most anarchists, it's not that they, they don't want rules because they all want rules. You know, Michael, my little Michael Malice, I mean, if you look at him, his, of course you want rules. It's you don't want repercussions. And that's what the dream of the anarchist is, is I want to be able to do anything I want and nothing's going to happen to me. Because if you have no government, anyone can make a claim against anyone that, that believes they're doing damage to them. So imagine if there is no government and you see uh, two fellows walking down the street, sodomizing each other, and there's a kid around. That person would then say we are we have been victimized like you are doing damage so i will now extract that from you and there is no governing body to regulate that and so the the irony about anarchy is the biggest you know advocates of anarchy would be wiped off the planet in, in like literally a, a week because they would be the most damaging to people and the people that wanted you know to extract that to get justice you know if you got someone promoting baby killing and like, you're like, okay, that's murder. And, and 
Right now, we have a government that protects that. So I want a government that's more moral and more regulatory because if it were to fall, I mean, these people pushing for anarchy would be wiped. Okay. Again, a lot there. So one thing you said earlier was that, you know, the government is a reflection of the people. Yeah. So certainly like the current United States is a cesspool in terms of, you know, my value system and certainly any kind of biblical standard. But to me that that shows, well, you're not going to fix that by saying, oh, how about let's have majority, you know, a popularity contest picking political officials who everyone agrees are like the worst dregs of our society. Like, you know, oh, you got used car salesmen and politicians, ha ha, that that's not going to make us more and more. So like when you pointed to other societies that are more courteous and well-behaved, I don't think it's because they have a more stringent government. I think it's just that their people have a better culture at least in those dimensions. Are yeah, but you... the people will always demand a government. Like a, a government, it's a vacuum. So like if there was no government, no protection of commerce, you would have pirates, you would have vandals, you would have all this stuff. And people would say, okay, well, how are we going to have a system so we can deal with this and protect ourselves? And then you start establishing a government. You know, you establish a group of people that's willing to control the commerce, you know, regulate, regulate currency, keep people from doing uh, fraud. You know, and and that's how a government emerges. And so, yeah, I mean, I we're, we don't live in a democracy. We live in a republic. And that's one reason why, um, you know, there's this big push to make people think we live in a democracy, but it's not. It's a constitutional republic that protects the rights of the individual. And it it actually is still doing a fairly good job. And I know it's super cool these days to say America sucks and everyone sucks and all this. but we have a pretty good thing here. And if anybody wants to go experience the uh, utopia of uh, anarchy, they can head on over to Ukraine, which is where Michael Malice's people are from, and they can dance around in the streets. You know, my buddy's Ukrainian and his uncle just got murdered for his car. So that's fun. Or they could head on over to the Sudan, you know, and check out how great that is. But in the meantime, I would really like to maintain the American system, the American system of governance and try and work at it from the ground up where we drink less, we take out less loans because the inflating of the dollar is about the fractional reserve banking system. So every time someone takes a loan, which is banned in the Bible, but every time someone takes usury, the dollar loses its buying power and home prices go up because you only have to put 10% down. So you're literally, the Muslims say usury is uh, declaring war on God. And so uh, that's why people are facing a housing crisis. You know, the sodomy is why people are facing a population decline and a weak populace. You know, sodomites are not good at manual labor. I don't think Michael Malice has ever picked up a shovel in his life. You know what I mean? And so the trans like Blair White isn't going to be able to pick a berry. You know, these people are, are mentally damaged. And so you don't want your next generation to end up like these people because they have serious mental problems and their labor is weak. They're entitled, they're nasty, you know, uh, and, and, and you just don't want that to spread. And so that's why I want more regulation and a stronger population with larger families. Okay. So for example, I, I think you made a rhetorical move there that just to me, it, it doesn't make sense where you want to show how bad anarchy is. And so you say, go look at Ukraine yeah. where there's there's two governments that are fighting each other yeah, the fueled by in Ukraine. 
There's no more government in Ukraine. The men have been brought to war, slaughtered. Um, and the local, there is no local government. There is no like way to call the cops or go to a justice or something. It's, it's a fallen place. You know, it's a pure anarchy. And I saw people moving to Ukraine in like 2015 because they're like, oh, Zelensky is, is, is this little Jewish guy. And he's like, oh, he's going to deregulate Ukraine. He's going to like really make us a lot of money. And people started making a lot of money and they started deregulating and they started becoming more and more corrupt saying the government's bad, just like what's happening in Argentina right now. Just wait, that's going to get ugly. And so then, you know, they start going nuts. Wars break out. The men get pulled from their homes. There's no more local government. And then you all get to dance and sing in the streets with anarchy. And it is an absolute living hell. And then people can try and flee to America because we still have a stable uh, system, a stable government, uh, you know, even just zoning laws. You know, these anarchists are like, who is anybody to tell me? We're to okay, so you live in a house, you have a farm, and could you just, someone builds a, a coal mine next to you? No, you would have a problem with that, and you would have tribal war if you didn't have people come together and establish protocols. So you have to have 10 acres or more where I live. You have to have at least 10 acres. You can't subdivide and have a ghetto move in because that would lower our property value would destroy the entire neighborhood. So we've all come together and we established that we have zoning laws. You can't have heavy industry or, uh, uh, you know, um, ghettos. And so you have your anarchists who's, who want to exploit and rape and pillage communities like mine and deregulate so that they can build a, a, a ghetto right down the street and make, you know, a lot more money and then destroy everything about this culture. In anarchy, you have no borders because free market means free movement of labor. You can't stop El Salvador from coming here and working for $3 an hour, destroying the man's ability to make a living, have a mom be home with the children. You're now racing to the bottom where everyone has to outcompete the scum of the earth. You no longer have any racial homogeny. You know, people are just moving and getting transported. That's why there's an active move to make them like sodomites because a gay man will move all over the world and you can put them anywhere you want, like an interchangeable little piece and you don't have to pay them as much. You just have to give them access to alcohol and sex. And I know that sounds dark, but I know your listeners right now, as mad as they might think, what I'm saying resonates because it's true. So when you have borders, they have to be governed by a government. So when you see open borders that anybody can flood in and tank the labor, you have men making $25 an hour, they can feed their families, and now they're competing with people making 10. Those people come in, they, they, have, they're, they're, they have a lot of criminality. Uh, now that man uh, can no longer afford his house. He's in mortgage debt because usury is not illegal. Okay, there might be a divorce. There might be all the exploitation. Meanwhile, you go on your highway and you got a big billboard selling drugs or gay sex, right? And like that isn't regulated. So anarchy is a race to make as many slaves as possible, exploit them and spit out their bones. And the irony is if they actually get more of what they want, these, these elitist utopian urban people are, are the first to get wiped. And that happens all the time. As someone who studied this in the Czech Republic, whether it's Hitler's brown shirts or Lenin's, uh, you know, like he had a whole squad too that like were really diehard into that. 
they always get wiped after the people get power. So there is no anarchy. There is just a fake vacuum that's created so another group can get in that exploits. And that's why I do these shows now, because I want to educate people that may be naively thinking that, oh, if we don't have rulers, everyone is just great. That is absolute nonsense. I have a lot of people in uh, the police force, and there's scary, scary, predatory people out there in them hills. And they'll, and if there wasn't a government, they would come ransack your house. And that is a fact. They're on methamphetamines. They're highly armed. And we need a justice system. And if there was a vacuum, another one would emerge. And it would probably be a Mexican cartel or one of these gangs. And that's a fact. It's not even a debate. It's a fact. Okay. Again, a lot there. Let's take the immigration. <laughs> I one. love that. I love yeah. when you always unpack. It's super funny. <laughs> okay. The immigration thing. Uh, one way to respond to that would be to say, oh, and right now, as we're recording this, there's a huge conflict where the local authorities in Texas are trying to defend their borders. And it's the big, the federal government coming in and literally cutting the wire and there's be there are debates about should we just send troops in to prevent them from protecting the border? So if you're saying we need in anarchy, but, there are no borders. Well, there then we're using the terms government. differently. Like no, when, no, you're you're still in the paradigm. It's the same with flat Earth. You're saying is it like a disc in the empty space? You just said the word border, local government. Mm -hmm. So now you're doing the issue between the federal and the states' rights. It's still a state that's still a government. So that's a whole different, but you're still assuming borders. The anarchy is pure hell. It's do as thou will. So with, with anarchy, there is no debate about how much do you guard a border because borders don't exist. Violence is required for guarding any border. So this idea of pacifism is nonsense. Okay. And I don't want to sound mean, but it's like, if people are trying to invade, like people are like, oh, Anarchists, I hear it all the time. Well, just stay off my property. Where do you get property rights? Who grants you your deed? It's like, okay, without that, you'd have to defend with violence your property every single day of your life, which you could not do, because you need a united front to guard against any pirates. So the idea of no government is absolute nonsense. Okay, so... The way I'm using the term, and again, I, I told you, I stopped volunteering the word anarchism because for some people, it literally means no rules, period, and that's not. Thank you for that. I but I believe that. in private property, and so when you say, what would the border be? It would be the, the boundary. And, and now, grant you, it, your private property? Well, I believe in natural law, and so I think there would be just natural like- Natural laws, might makes right, silverback okay. takes it. I hate to burst your bubble, man, but it's not even debatable. Natural law, I, I'm in a okay, well, It's not like you're the first person to say that to me. So it's not <laughs> you saying no, it's not do, bursting do my you bubble. Have animals? Do you do you farm or have animals or are you around nature a lot? No. I I am. And I'll tell you right now about nature. The big mm -hmm. rooster that can peck the hardest gets all the hens. Natural law is not respecting pacifism. Pacifists can only exist within a state. That's why dudes like you should be holding on to the federal government with both hands because the federal government allows you to live in a world where you can claim to be a pacifist. In, in natural law, anyone with a bat now has your land. There are no property rights. There is nothing like that. It's nonsense. You, you got something someone wants. It's like, 
Oh, I'm a pacifist. Oh, that makes it easier. And that's the truth, dude. That's the fact. Like people always assume private property. Oh yeah, I respect private property. Do you, your private property is granted by giant guns and bombs. That's it. Okay. And I do my violence. I have to kill my animals to eat them. I know all about violence. Are you okay in the book of Samuel? The Israelites are asking for a king. They want to be like the pagan nations. And Samuel says, no, you don't want a king. You don't want to be like them. Do you think that was wise counsel for them? I, I, don't, I don't know enough about that. Okay. Um, well, do you want, am I against a king? I'm not against a king. Okay. I'm definitely like, I, dude, there's all kinds of stuff I change about the government, but it's like the idea that there isn't a government is, is not, it's like, it's like little kids playing in a tree fort in a house provided by their parents. It's just like, it's mind blowingly dumb to me. And I see this like, Oh, no rulers. Hmm. <laughs> like what? You know, it's like a stage of development. It's like a three-year-old being like, I'm daddy. It's like, okay, man, we'll see about that. Okay. So I think part of what's going on here, are you okay with the claim of if somebody says, you know what? I don't think taxes should be used to fund so-called governments or public schools. I think it should all be voluntary and private. And if there's kids that can't afford it, the community probably would chip in. Are you okay with that to say there's no reason that formal ed schooling has to be provided by the political system? You mean like um, get rid of public school? At least in terms of being funded by property taxes, even if some people say, I don't want I don't my think money it, going I don't, I don't think it really matters because people just, what are they going to do about it? You know, it's like a lot of people are like, uh, like, is it that I homeschool? Like I, I'm, I do all this stuff. Anarchists like think about, I've, I've went down all the roads. I want to raise my own, uh, animals, raise my own food, raise my own kids. I want them. I want to be as like, pro I live in a narco capitalist dream. You know, I even like to, uh, trade in silver. Like I'm, I, I think about these things all the time. It doesn't even matter. You know, if they say that's the taxes, what's that? What is anyone going to do about it? I'll tell you what you can do is amass a lot of wealth and influence with being very, very productive in a small area. And then you can influence government or you can run for office. That isn't super effective. Uh, you know, getting commercially very successful, providing a lot of jobs in an area, you can start influencing government outside of that, you know enjoy the, the flushing toilets, eat the food and, you know, watch Netflix because it doesn't matter what anyone wants. Okay. Let me try it this way. You're okay with there not being a global government, right? Like a one world government. You yeah. Don't think anarchy is pushing towards a one world government. Cause if you try and take down the American government, it's, it's, it's a demolition to bring in the next phase, which would be a one world government. It wouldn't be, you know, people are like, oh, the dollar is so corrupt. So what's your answer? Let me guess, a one world crypto where every single thing you do is tracked on a blockchain. Let me guess, it's out of Israel. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, like it's such an obvious con. And so that's why I'm very in favor of the United States government lasting and um, being prosperous, and I'm very supportive of it as an American. I want, I want my own government. I don't want to be ruled by uh, the Israelis. I just don't. Okay, so then why should the people in Texas have to be ruled by the DCites? 
because they are, they've, they've been conquered. Like, and if they want to get stronger, they have to, you know, they hire the Mexicans to pick their fruit because they want cheap fruit. You know, they want to go see Joe Rogan, a dwarf on DMT, tell them to pump each other. It's like, that's their choice. Like they have a series of bad decisions. And if they want to secede from DC, be prepared to go to war and they won't win. You know, it's like they play make-believe. I've been to Texas. You know, it's like they're playing a game of make-believe. And the government, it's like, uh, if they want to go to war with the federal government, they can try. But, you know, Texas is not as strong as they claim to be. They love getting drunk and, and uh, you know, having uh, foreigners pick their fruit. And, uh, you know, foreigners watch their kids and foreigners make their pornography. It's just like, it's a joke. You know, I think they should really appreciate flushing their toilets and and just, uh, you know, call it a day. Because it's, it's just nonsense. It's like... Listening to slaves whine, you know what I mean? Okay, but didn't you? Isn't your answer just saying might makes right? Like why couldn't someone yeah, say to you? They don't have might. They don't have might. They're okay. They're but couldn't someone say to you like you don't like advertising to kids? Well, tough. You know, we we beat you, so we're right and you're wrong, and shut up. Right. That's why I'm on this show right now because <laughs> I know what you guys want. Yeah, and I think that really corrupted morality doesn't last and it doesn't make for a lot of strength. So that's why if you guys get your way and you start advertising the pornos on the street, people that resist it, like the Amish, the Mennonites, the Mormons, the Muslims, they will absolutely take over because you guys will have no birth rate. You have no wealth. It'll all be paper money debt. You'll, you'll be engulfed in your own sin. You'll live out fantasy worlds that there's no violence in nature. And you know, I don't want to see that. I, I would much rather have people appreciate what they've been given and really grow with what they've been given. You know, like we have been given an amazing country, an amazing time to be alive. And, you know, we can be granted LLCs and start businesses and thrive and grow our own food and have a well and raise our kids. It's like a miracle. And so all these little, uh, anarchists that love thinking about how they how they want to push the envelope more it's like you're you know it's gross it's grotesque <clears throat> okay and I, and I understand there are some self-described anarchists who do embrace you know a, a nihilism and you know, uh michael mouse you know, we would say is i am not gonna i know say, I get it. say him i okay. will i'll say any yeah all right um but there's other ones who aren't. And so, for example, if you're claiming you think on net the federal, state, and local governments in the United States right now protect kids from debauchery and disgusting things, I would say no. Like, what, what are they being? The only thing keeping these nihilists back is regulation. And you're, you're, you're watching it right now. From the time we were kids till now, regulations went down, they legalized sodomy, they legalized the trans movement, and now they can market it to kids. What happens if there's less government? What happens if these nihilists get any more control with their federal, with their, uh, like the Federal Reserve is a private industry and it's the most profitable business in human history. And you can't ban it. You can't ban that Federal Reserve because it's a private company. It, it gives you unlimited nonsense, funny money. And so it's like the government is a hoop that they had to jump through. And so as long as they can just pump and pump and pump, no one gives loans with gold. No one gives loans with silver. They give loans with money because money's pointless. They love that liquid heroin, man. They love that, that, that fiat. 
And it's okay. like, go ahead. Okay, so the Federal Reserve was created by an act of the federal government. And I would say it's propped up by all sorts of coercive measures that the federal government uses. Nope. And no, you don't. Zero. No. The Federal Reserve was resisted by the government until it wasn't in 1913 on Christmas Eve after mm -hmm. they conspired on Jekyll Island and they brought in the most profitable business in human history. It's called usury. It's declaring war on God, according to the Muslims. And that means they can literally print money out of thin air and people are completely addicted to it. it, it okay, so is the, if the government deregulated heroin and fentanyl, would that raise or lower the amount of use? Obviously, it would raise the amount of use. The government was holding back usury. Credit cards were illegal until the 50s. Sodomy was illegal. All the, When people talk about make America great again, back then, everything was illegal. Fornication. Credit cards. You're not getting a credit card paying 15% so you can go watch Nickelback. Like that's nonsense. And that's when America had real families, real strength, real productivity. People got addicted to that debt. They, they're like, well, I can't afford a house, but I, you know, I can get a loan and pay. And then that, it just, you're, you're, you're screwing over your neighbors. The government did not do that. The government was a hoop they had to jump through and they had to, it shows you that they had to do it on Christmas when the government was out and they were manipulative to get it through the government. And then once it was through, they, there's no going back because people got completely addicted to it. It's like the opium wars in China. You know, it's like once people got a taste of fiat currency where they didn't have to be responsible. I lived in a barn with my family for three years, so I didn't take out a mortgage. All right. So I walked the walk. I'm not going to be a part of that system. I'm not looking to be violent at all. I'm looking for people to be, to rise up their morality so that we can live in a great country. And if you can't even say, you know, Michael Malice has anything wrong going on. I mean, and again, I wish him well. I really do. I hope Michael Malice is a strong, he can be funny. Sometimes some of his tweets make me laugh. But if he's going to say that I'm unhinged because of the moon landing and he's going to push trans on kids, I'm going to make fun of him. Because what you consent to grows and what you condemn shrinks. We're in a free will realm and God is great. Okay. Let's unpack that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to do a different one. FDR comes in, the orders, everyone has to turn in their gold under penalty of a 10-year prison sentence or a big fine. I would say that's government coercion and that's partly explaining how the violence of the political institutions maintain our current corrupt financial system. Are you saying no in 1933 that was deregulation? So what's the question specifically? I'm asking, you do you agree? Hold the gold and then it went up in value if you just weren't a pussy about it. Like a year and a half later, it went up to like 45 an ounce. But what happened then with the Breckenridge and all that stuff you're talking about, That's that was America making a move on the whole world where we wanted a... Uh, a, uh, uh, we wanted the, the fiat dollar to be the world reserve currency in place of gold. You know, Vietnam War kicked right. off because France wanted their money back. You know, right. do I think governments are corrupt? Of course. Like, I'm not saying like our government is just filled with good people, but it's the best we got. I mean, if, if our government failed and we started and we broke apart, it would be... You know, Texas would be Mexico. It'd be ruled by a, a cartel, no question. You know, little Joe Rogan would probably be someone's slave. I'm not even kidding. You ever see cartels, how they handle stuff? 
how they handle a pacifist, skin them alive and hang them off a, a bridge just to make a point. Family members, you know, and people are like, oh, our government, oh, they, they attack people. It's like not even close to what happens when you have a void, when you have a vacuum. And then you have cartels and gangs, which are just upstart governments. And then they fight viciously to see who gets the ring. And in that time, it's massive carnage. And then once they get that spot, they have to establish a trust with the people. Because if they're not, like if the government is too corrupt, then mafias will emerge. And if the people support the mafia, which is what happened in uh, Sicily, because the mafia was more just than some of the government, uh, then that's an issue for the government. You can actually put a government out of business by doing that. Our government is more moral than the gangs still right now. We're running into an issue with Yemen because our, our best little buddy Israel over there, you know, usually the American military's goal is to keep supply routes flowing, kill pirates, right? I get that. Someone wants to take our stuff or what we protect, bomb, kill, shoot, right? Yemen is having an issue with the uh, the genocide going on in Gaza. And so the fact America has a lower morality than the pirates, now that's an interesting thing. So we might see power shift to uh, more Islamic um, uh, nations that we could see that because, you know, the government has to maintain a moral standard. And if we go below, you know, Qatar, I mean, that's going to be, that's going to be a real shift in power. Same with Russia, China, the BRICS nations, all that interesting times. Yeah. So I, I think we can both agree that people need to clean up their own lives, do everything they can yeah. to make themselves you know, wean themselves from dependence on these external forces. I guess this, the big disagreement is I think the existence of, I don't want to use the term government because, you know, the church is a form of government. The family is a form of government. So I, I get that. And the system I'm envisioning, exactly, there would yeah. be rules and laws. It's just, it, you know, it'd be, yeah, tell view. me what you would see like, okay. Cause you are being a very gracious get, uh, host. I appreciate you. Okay. Uh, you're letting me, you know, say stuff. And you're being nice. You're not, you're not getting emotionally triggered. Like you seem like an honorable person, honestly. Um, what would you do? Because I'm not here just, to, I don't know all the answers, man. It's like, mm -hmm. what would you do? Like if, if you were to replace the government and I, I'm being extra rhetorically aggressive with a malice and guys like that, because mm -hmm. they need it. Like those guys need their egos checked because what they're advocating for, they are not prepared for. Like, I am not on the chopping block at all. No debt, rural area. I know all my neighbors. I grow my own food. If the government were to fail and the systems break down, the dollar collapses, cities are gone. All right? So what I'm advocating for actually would help a Michael Malice. That's the irony. Like, I'm not trying to attack a guy like that, but I will be emotionally antagonistic so that, so that things move. Because dialectic doesn't get the people going like rhetoric. And so I want to ask you, what would you do? Like, if you think the government's coercive and violent, like, what would you replace it with? So for sure, I am in favor of uh, secession for areas that want to break away. So like if Texas wanted, you know, the, if the people in Texas wanted to break away from the federal government, I would say, yes, they should have the, they should do that. And the U.S. military should not bomb them into submission. But why wouldn't they bomb? Like, why would they take a rebellion like that without fighting? Why would someone just give up their property? Like, they like I, the American government owns Texas. Like, they won. They got the land. So, like, if you're going to go against the federal government, 
why would they just let you have it? Like they would fight you. But right? I mean, that's a separate question though, right? You're just like, you know, what with the 13 colonies, you know, why would they leave Great Britain? And he didn't, but they had to the fight. didn't want to let them go and they fought. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, I can still say the, like, I don't think Putin should be invading Ukraine. Right. I mean, he, that doesn't well, yeah, mean but he's Ukraine not going to do it. Joining NATO, which they, they said they wouldn't. And that would mean NATO, like America basically is on the border of Russia. He kind of had to. Oh, okay. I mean, I know there's a lot there and I'm, I'm not buying yeah, into yeah. the standard mainstream narrative. Okay. Um, certainly there are, I mean, you said you study totalitarian regime. Stalin should not have had a gulag. Okay. I mean, I can make claims like well, the well, right now is, is filled with anarchists. <laughs> That's what makes it so funny. Have you read Gulag Archipelago or any of that stuff? I've uh, some of it. I haven't read the whole thing. Yeah, it's all. It was all filled with the very people that wanted to overthrow the the king. That's what makes it so hilarious. So Stalin was a thug, and so Lenin, the Bolsheviks, Trotsky, all those guys, they did their their glorious revolution, and they overthrew the czar, claiming that he was corrupt, just like the anarchists are doing right now. Where it's like, oh, he puts two thousand people a year in prisons. So they overthrew it. They made promises they couldn't uh, keep up. You know, everybody has their own right to be free and nobody owns anything and natural law and all this nonsense, right? And so then the realities kick in and all the very people that overthrew the czar, Stalin recognized them as threats to the state and put them all in the gulags. You know, Solzhenitsyn was one of Lenin's guys. And he gets sent to the gulag because Stalin knew exactly what these people were up to. They were destructive anarchists. They were, they were opposed to order. And so when Stalin was uh, reforming a lot of these things that, that were absolutely destroyed after these, um, these anarchists, communists, whatever you want to call them, you know, that making claims, that breaking the social order, making claims that can't possibly be met, he put them all in a gulag. The farmers, the good guys, like the guys that are just productive, having families, they didn't, they didn't get sent to the gulag. Because the state needed them. They needed them to grow food. And so then when they all fled to America and started, you know, Google and whatever, all these, uh, you know, like all these, these glorious Bolsheviks come to America, they tell the story exactly the opposite. Like that it was like, oh, they were so productive, but oppressed. It's like, they were all this intellectual elitist nonsense that sat around all day, piping their opinions you know, uh, pushing degeneracy, pushing sodomy, pushing usury, and they were opposing the order of government. And so as soon as the government got its position, they wiped them. Same with, um, uh, you know, the killing fields of Cambodia. It's the same story over and over again. You got, you got a Pol Pot gets his role and then kills everyone who supported him because he knew how much they sucked. He killed, he killed everyone with glasses. You know, all these like intellectual ivory tower violences, whatever those guys once they get in the 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 guy in control of the military wipes them out because they know that those guys are going to start trying to degrade his power and that's what genocide is that's typically what happens so i again let's try a different example yeah (laughs) okay in rome you know the christians they're a new group uh the emperor doesn't like them. The Christians say that, no, we serve God, we serve Christ. And the emperor, you know, he's feeding them the lions and stuff. To me, it wouldn't be a criticism of them to say, you know, how ironic the very people that are against, you know, the emperor are the ones getting fed the lions. Ha ha. Like, how does that prove that they're getting what they deserve or that, you know, they should have known better than to 
say that they don't support Rome. You'd be surprised how much I don't feel comfortable talking about something that happened 1900 years ago. I, I have to wait. I, I need to know a lot more about it. I can speak on what I witness every single day. And like the righteous salt of the earth people are never attacked by the state from what I see. That's, that's just what I see. I I'm, I'm around Amish and Mennonite and Mormons, and all these people they, they, they don't want this. Like they're not in direct conflict with the state. So the state doesn't do anything to them. The state usually goes after people that affect their ability to control commercial, which is, you know, gangs, cartels, the shit like, oh, sorry, stuff like that. Okay. Okay. Uh, that's a good place maybe where we can be. So I'm not sure exactly how it works, but like it, my understanding, like in an Amish community or whatever that they don't like, I think I read some story, like some guy came in and shot up a bunch of their kid, and I, I don't even think they want they to press them. charges, right? Yeah. Like they just forgive them. And they, so to me, that's like a, a great example where you, they live a very moral, they, they try to do what they think God wants them to do. And they're not returning to the state to solve their problems. So they're not trying to overthrow the government, but in their own personal lives, they're not propping it up to the extent either. Yeah. But they have their own systems though. They're not pacifists. Like, um, you know, they, they, they punish severely murder, rape, theft. Yeah. Okay. So again, I think it, it may be conflict. I mean, you asked me the question, so I answered you honestly, but one could believe in a market-based private property framework and not be a pacifist. All right. So it's, but who um, grants your private property? Well, I mean, I think there's, there's legal traditions. Like you could say who determines whether, uh, you know, an English sentence is grammatical or not. It's it, and it's people can tell there's rules. So of legal in traditions would grant you your private property, legal traditions. Yeah. I mean, there's British common law and you're, you're saying like, yeah, sarcastically. The guys with guns. no, I'm not. I, it sounds ridiculous. I'm not trying to be mean, but it's like, so your private property is protected by legal traditions. Like, that's funny. I'm not trying to be mean. It's obviously funny. Like, I, I honestly, I'm not trying to be combative. Mm -hmm. So legal tradition. So, so if a bunch of Armenians come to your land and, and take it and you say, but our legal traditions though, like you don't see the humor in that. Well, well, no, but you, you said what grant, I mean, if you want to say like what enforces the protection of private private, I thought exactly. you were asking me, how do we know who the, who the rightful owner, I guess that's what's going on in this discussion is it seems like you keep flipping back and forth between I'm not flipping at all. What's what grants you your private property is violence. That's a fact. Okay. That's but then like, I, I don't understand like, why, why are you against the sodomites? They've taken over. So, you know, too bad for you, Owen, if you go get more guns, that's the answer. What, you know what, what I mean? Like, it seems like, no, you're clinging to an objective morality and you want to say those people are doing bad things. I don't like. So if somebody steals my stuff, you know, I think the first issue at hand is just to, to say, yeah, that was my car and that guy store, that was my bike and someone stole it. Right. Right. It's not, you know, Hey, Hey, where was the government to protect your bike? Ha ha. I guess, the, I guess it's not your bike because whoever, whoever physically controls it, that's, you know, because property titles mean nothing. So it's his, no, I'm, not. no, I'm just joking, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm totally kidding. Like, right. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm saying no, now you're starting to hit me close to home with the bike. <laughs> Okay. A lot of trauma around that. But you see what so I'm it saying? Really like, is his bike now because I couldn't protect it. Okay, but you actually don't believe it. And I know you think he's he stole it from you. He right? did. So yeah. 
I'm saying the to determine like why was that your bike? I mean, there's there's norms and things derived from you know going way back Roman law and whatever. So you know, there's one element of saying what does it mean to say who's the rightful owner of that? And people can disagree, but I mean, the, I'm saying it's not merely well, let's just go see who has more guns. That no, I mean, there really is a distinction between saying somebody took it. something that was theirs or was not theirs, and yeah, theft happens, but. It, when I still a concept racially homogenous areas that are small enough, I agree with you. Like people can just do the right thing because everyone is like knows each other. But like I'm talking about granting private land. Let's talk about land. Like I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I honestly mm-hmm. do. It's like mm-hmm. it's like everyone. A lot of people do just kind of know what to do, and it's like you know that's that's Timmy's bike. It's like bring it back. To, bring it back. You don't need to call the cops to like have a kid return the bike, even though he might've thrown it in the river. It was either Jamal, you know, I get it. I, the cold case mm. is still open, but it's like, <laughs> for me, it's about property. I don't mean like a bike. Like I think mm-hmm. your way of thinking is, is more applicable with basic stuff. Like if someone just takes your car, people would be like, you know, especially if you're in a small enough community, they'd be like, that's wrong. Like that is a legal tra- I, I understand the legal tradition thing. Mm-hmm. I, the reason I thought that sounded, um, that I was making fun of it is I was talking mm-hmm. about like your house and your land. Right. And invaders. Right. And so I'm saying, I, I think it, it would totally make sense. Just like right now that, you know, there's property titles and there's rules of title transfer and things like that. And I'm saying, I don't think that's all propped up because thank goodness we have elections periodically no, it, and there's guys with guns by, by violence, by sheriffs. Yeah. I, no, I mean, I know. No, no. When I say, what's that? But again, a distinction between enforcing it and and the actual recognition and the the legal, uh, you know, jurisprudence behind it to say who owns that plot of land, and what do you know to answer that question? It's not that we say, well, let's see who has the most ammunition. It's like, well, no, this person bought it. You know, we have a record, and then he transferred this money, and they both signed off, and they had lawyers. What if someone's like, no, I don't, I don't, I'm just going to take it. You know, it was stolen from my people 400 years ago. Then what? Okay, so again, what if you got American Indian moves into your house right now and says it is mm-hmm. mine? You stole it from me a thousand years ago. What do you do about it? Okay, so I think again the system. You know, I mean, we I've written things about this that I, to the extent possible, would want to have arbitration, and so there there would be people that would have reputations for giving. Uh, you know, judgments on the, on particular sit cases. Down with stealing bike. And he says, Oh, thank you. Coyotes say I own house. Thank you for arbitration. My house. Now, what do you do then? Say it again. So let's say you have an arbitration with the Indian that stole your uh, house. And he's like, my name is chief sitting house. And you're like, Oh, Hey chief sitting house. We have a really great reputation. This guy is great. He's an arbitrator. And the arbitrator is like, listen, we have this great legal tradition. He goes, your people stole land from me 800 years ago. Coyote and turtle say mine. What do you do then? And then all those people are like, white man, steal house and car. Uh, we take back. Woo! Okay, so then what? So then you have your arbitrator go, has anyone had a grapefruit? I mean, we have a snack bar. <laughs> like, it's, it, that's, what, that's what I was like laughing about. Because it's, right. it's, it, it, there has to be violence. Okay, and, and right. And so, like I say, it's, it's sort of like, um, you know, I, if I, I do think like, I, I don't drink 
but yet I think alcohol should be legal, certainly for adults who want to buy it. And so I personally am a pacifist. I think in a society like I'm envisioning, it, there would be the use of violence. Even yeah, you want other people to get your violence. I get it. I get it. Okay. So um, I'll be your Huckleberry. If you need, if you need help, you know, if, we, if we're in a stateless place and you need a couple Idaho guys to help you, you know, I got gotcha. you. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's, yes, there would be. Do you eat you meat? Know, what's that? Do you eat yes, meat? I eat meat. Mm -hmm. Would you kill an animal to eat it? Uh, yeah, I, I certainly, I'm not morally opposed to it. I would probably be squeamish the first couple of times, but yeah, I, I'd get over it. Well, that's good. Okay. I'm not trying so, to be a jerk. It's just, no, no, I know. No, you're, I know. I get it. I get it. Kill animals. Yeah. Um, so it's, I, that's why I was, I, I think maybe you didn't understand why, why I was bringing it up. That's why I was going, I was trying to establish a baseline with the schooling, like to say, can you understand a system where like, if I'm against property taxes to fund schools that everyone is forced to contribute to, especially if they're teaching things that I think are crazy, that doesn't mean I'm against education, right? I just I wouldn't want them to be voluntary to, means. Don't you want to say that the government should regulate, that they don't teach this horror to kids? Like, but I'm saying, no, it's the government that is taking people's money. Because it was regulated money. by the government because the government but, is getting less regulated. It's more anarchist now than it's ever been. But they're being, this, where the parents don't have much control is in the so-called public schools, right? They're going to the board meeting saying, we don't want our kids being taught this. And they're saying too bad. And they can't afford to send them to a private alternative because they're being taxed their property taxes. So the government is... No, I, I agree Backing that them that, into a corner. I get that. But that happens when you deregulate the government and you morally can't even verbally condemn influencers like Michael Malice pushing the very things they're teaching in school. Like that's why it happens. And so they know, they know that these parents, you know, aren't even capable of verbally <laughs> being against it on Twitter. So it's like, they know that there's no juice there and they'll be like, we'll do whatever we want. And you're, there's nothing you're going to like, not only are the parents not going to do anything about it, they're not even going to condemn it. Like they can't even say two guys can't get married. They're broken. They're like weak, broken slaves. And so it's like, okay. So the first step is you have to start verbally saying that it, two guys can't get married and Blair white is not a beautiful girl. Right. And then once you do that, you have enough people that say, we, we won't tolerate it, you know, because sometimes they just go on virtue signal. They just go there and, uh, and just say this stuff, but secretly they're all watching pornos and doing all that stuff. So, you know, you get a, you get a sense if people are actually serious about it. And so the state's like, we'll do whatever we want. And, and we know that you're all in debt and you're all watching porn. You're all just getting drunk and so enjoy the toilets, you know, and that's the reality of the situation. Okay, so I fought it. Like I fight right. it actively every day mm -hmm. of my life. And the way you do it is with your actions, where you be productive, get out of debt, homeschool your kids, grow your own food, like build the people that are gonna oppose this in the future. And you oppose it peacefully. Like I I believe in pacifism when it comes to opposing the government. I think January 6th and all that stuff was nonsense. I was calling it out as it was happening. I'm like. Don't go somewhere acting like you're tough if you're not willing to be tough. And if you try and fight the government, they'll kill you. Like, that's a fact. They're the alpha dog. 
you know? So mm-hmm. whining and complaining and just going, we've had enough. No, you want to really threaten them? Those truckers that are honking their horn. How about all those guys say, okay, uh, to oppose you, we will give free trucking to any business that stays open during the pandemic. That's called actual rebellion that, that works because you're not going antler to antler with an alpha. You're just like, okay, I will contribute my time and my resource to help local business that opposes lockdowns. That gets them listening. That gets them changing. People are like, yeah, I'm here and I'm queer. It's like, you're, they're just broken slaves. And it's like, they're just whining and annoying. And that's why, you know, if we deregulate enough, I think the private industries will just liquidate these people as liabilities. And they'll do it with their own consent. You know, they'll just get wiped. Anybody, okay, so- in debt, anyone on food stamps, anyone owed money by retirement. You know, the real free market would take these people and and wipe them off the planet. And you would do it without violence. You'd say, here's a job. Move that barrel over there. They get thyroid cancer and then they're dead because there's poison in the barrel. That's how you get rid of mice. A lot there. Let me go back. It's true, though, and you know it. The marriage. Let's go to the marriage one because I think that's, again, a great illustration of how we're – we don't like the current situation, and yet – so, so you think two what, gay guys that sodomize each other are married under God? No. And so the point <laughs> is that's go. why that's the political authorities should have nothing to do with marriage. And so you're looking at it as, oh, well, they got it wrong. Let's just get the right people in office and then they'll, they'll get it. They'll turn it back I mean, to be right. That was people say, consent to it. They want it because they're broken morally. Right. And so if you think that's wrong, like, shouldn't you favor an approach where individual uh epicenters of power can have like so this church over here that we can marry people in our jurisdiction and these people over here if they believe in that as as opposed to this coercive state that comes in and says no we're in charge of marriage in all 50 states because the supreme we've got some guys in robes and women in robes here and they made this this decree that goes out through all the land and so i'm I'm, that's what I'm, i'm getting at is all these things you're pointing at are at least exacerbated, I would say, by the current people running the powers of polit or the political. Yeah, they're systems. reflecting the moral will of the people, and they have control. And theorizing about getting rid of the government is like theorizing about being like getting rid of winter. It's like how, there's no. They are the government, and the Bible especially says, basically, you get the government you deserve. Don't overthrow your government. You know, Romans thirteen, all that stuff. It's right there. So that's why Christian anarchy is always very funny to me. Where it's like they're reflecting the morality of the people. And the people have gotten worse morally. That's why I'm pushing people to at least be able to verbally say it's bad. Raise your your children and your families better. Get out of debt. Be productive. You know, don't promote people that are damaging the youth. And we'll have a brighter future. But as of right now, the government, you know, it's holding on by a thread. And if they continue to degrade... We will be very easy to be conquered by any foreign power. Any, and, the, 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 and the idea that like people would respect our private property because of legal tradition. I mean, it's like, it's just not reality at all, you know? Okay. So I, I don't think we, I think we should wrap up. I just want to officially say it's not, again, the legal tradition stuff was to say, how would we determine objectively 
you know, who's the owner of that land? I agree. If a bunch of guys with guns are coming in, they're already here. You're, you're going to need to, right? Because the federal like, government is not right now. Yeah, doing South what it's Texas, Arizona. There's right. Mexicans that are already taking people's land, and there's nothing people can do about it because the government has gotten so weak there that the cartel is taking that position, and there's nothing anyone can do about it. It's like our government has gotten so weak that Mexican migrants can literally just take land, defend it with machine guns and cartel, and that's it. Okay, but the reason the government is weak is not because Michael Malas has convinced them to reduce taxes to zero and cut spending, right? It's, it's, in other words, you're pointing to all these areas where the government is not doing what it's supposed to, even though it still taxes people like crazy and you uses the money. against the existence of the government. Right. Yeah, like, what are you even talking about? Like, yeah. So you're saying I mean, that, like, you want the government stronger or, like, you want... No. No, you all want the, the all the mechanisms back. of free all the mechanisms of free society would use to combat these things you're talking about. The government doesn't allow. So it's if I wanted to start a private defense agency with a thousand tanks and mercenary, the government would shut so me down. You want to start a government? You want to start? You want to be a warlord? No, but I'm saying whatever you want to call it, a warlord. Do you agree that the government right now would not allow? Yeah, that sort of a company. A yeah, the government would not allow you to start a private military. Okay, no. so yeah. the government suppresses all competition, and then on all yes. these things that yes. you agree it should be doing, and says, "Well, this is why we exist to protect I you like from that the government suppresses yeah. warlords and cartels and gangs." Yes, absolutely. Okay, so it Michael eliminates- Malice, you and Michael Malice with a tank and a private army is a nightmare. A nightmare. It would make a, it would make a good movie, though. Yeah, it'd be a funny movie. I mean. Mm-hmm like a trans in a tank. I mean, it's just crazy. It's imagine Verizon wireless with an army. Yeah. It's, I don't think most of these people have thought this through like BlackRock or Apple or Amazon getting an army freedom, like saying to get rid of the government gets rid of the human will to dominate another human is nonsense. It's like, and, and I'm pretty sure Michael Malice is aware of this. You seem like a believer, which I respect. I get it. There's no way Michael Malice doesn't know that you can't get rid of the human desire to dominate another tribe by getting rid of its system. Like, obviously, if you weaken a population system, you take their government away, they're sitting, they're meat birds, you know, and I'm the most prepared out of everybody in this conversation for that exact scenario. And I thank God every day for our government. Okay. Let let me just say one last thing on that, and then I'll give you the final word. Again, have you enjoyed like, this, by the way, you're definitely putting this up and everything, right? Oh yeah. I'll put it up. Okay, good. Nice. Yeah. Enjoy is a strong, I, I don't, I haven't disliked it. It's, it's, it's difficult because again, we're pointing at the same thing and it's, it's just weird to me that you're listing a bunch of things where the current U S government you think, right. Is run by satanic pedophiles, right? Is that a true statement? Com- they're, they're more moral than Michael Malice. Let's put aside Michael Mann. No, no, I use it very. This is. I don't want him to be dictator. So if that's the way you want to do it, that's fine. The average average anarchist is lower morality than the average FBI agent, obviously. Okay, but the average anarchist doesn't directly. They don't. They're not taking forty percent of my income, and they're not imposing fiat currency. You want to. You want to play with fiat money? That's an offer. You can live in gold and silver. You can. You can not have debt. Absolutely. 
That's an offer and people get addicted to fiat. It's the number one most profitable private business in human history. And the government kept it back for a while and then the government got too weak to hold it back. And that's why the Middle Eastern governments are so powerful now and they're getting wealthier by the day. Saudi Arabia, Qatar, Oman, Kuwait, these places, because they ban usury. They ban sodomy and they're, they're going to take over. I mean, 15 kids, you know, no usury. They're, they just bought the PGA. They're bu- they, could buy, they could buy New Jersey right now if they wanted to. No question. And they, <laughs> and they know force exists. They've been bombed. It's it's insane. Okay. Let's, All right, so anyway, what's your final one? one? Here's a okay. one. Okay. Let's take a, a specific example just based on what you just said. So you're looking at the Federal Reserve Act. I would describe that as, yes, a bunch of corrupt private bankers and corrupt politicians. They all met in secret. They used fake names stuff to go to Jekyll Island, hammered out what ultimately became the Federal Reserve Act, pushed that through, and that whole system is supported with the government no backing it up but to the benefit nope. of private people and 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 so i'm saying right so if there weren't for the federal government there that couldn't work that you, it's allowing no, no, private interest federal government it'd be to way hijack worse. it'd be even worse it's it's like the only thing keeping it from going to the next level imagine if the federal government or the like okay banking regulation you saw a little bit of deregulation in 06 07 where people started giving loans to like a plant and then it just collapsed the, the, the whole industry. Regulation is what stabilizes the economy and it's necessary for the working poor. Without the government, the working poor would be eaten alive by the oligarchs. Okay. And again, I would just say, given that there are oligarchs and we have this machinery of the state, doesn't that seem risky? Aren't the oligarchs going to be the ones that take control of that machinery? They already have, unfortunately, taken a lot of the machinery, but we still have a federal government. And I'm very, very grateful that it still exists because if they completely take it over, like Ukraine, you're looking at corruption that would just wipe out any dependent class, working poor. The dollar inflation would be insane. I mean, think about it. Like the more they deregulate usury, the more the spending, you know, the dollar goes because people you you said that on Twitter. You said that I claim that my social media app failed and I'm blaming the free market. Right. My app is not a failure. It's profitable and I have no debt and no outside funding. And I regulate it so that it's only the good, the true, the beautiful. There's no um, porn or nonsense or evil mm. on it. Right. People like People flourish there. Families are being started up. 15,000 people on there. Small businesses, families, all this stuff is flourishing. But people are more addicted to cortisol. They're more addicted to dopamine. They want to see porn and fighting and killing. And Mm -hmm. so if you allow that, especially the young people, it's like gambling. They get addicted to it. It's very profitable for the little grabblers that benefit from that. And the government keeping that hell out keeps our nation prosperous, our families strong, the men working hard. But instead, if you deregulate, the most clicks, the most profit is the most disgusting pornography, the most vile stuff in the world. And that's the free market. It's not good for people. It's hell. Free market is free labor. Anybody in the world can come to your country, take over, whatever. It's Israelis could buy your your your, your road. Like it, it's it's 
People have either not thought it through or they're actively trying to take my country. And I don't appreciate that. And that's why I'll be doing these streams. Okay. I'm glad you brought it up because I, I did want to clarify. Here, here's what I was saying about that tweet. So, of course, you're you're bigger than I am. So it wasn't that I was making like, oh, look at this. Fit. That's how, not how what was going you? on there. Huh? Oh, you mean bigger? Oh, you mean like height? No. Popular. Oh, you successful mean commercially. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. So I, I wasn't what my point was and not that you're going to agree with it but just so you see i think you miss you interpret it like as an insult or something is i was no, saying insult, it's wrong okay i'm, I'm, okay. Not, I'm not insulted it's just it looked like you're wrong. what you you are saying hey i launched this you know my private group or whatever and because the masses are into debauchery and and so forth that's why you know i'm not the most popular app in the world or whatever the term would be yeah you know, I, i'm kidding right Bill and so then I was saying, right. So because our culture is so sick, I don't want there to be a, a powerful state that the whims of the masses can then put people in power who then impose their sickness on everybody. Whereas if it was more decentralized and very, either very limited government or, you know, in my view, like more, more voluntary no system. government, then it would be the most debaucherous of all time because that's the most profitable. The state, the bureaucracy, the limitation is always going to be a benefit to the people. The state's never going to be like, we command you to put pornos on the internet. No, they're always going to be pulling it back. And that's why the free market's so mad about it. Because they're like, you know, Pornhub's run by a, a Jewish rabbi. And they're profiting incredible He's a rabbi? Money. He's a rabbi. Okay, so I, I will go look at that later. I'm just going yeah, to say a that Jewish I didn't know that. rabbi owns and runs Pornhub, and he's publicly said that he uses algorithms to bring trans porn to, to people's search histories. They're actively doing that. That should be banned. He should be in jail. Okay. Um, I, I, I will That's go investigate That's the free market. That. He's, yeah. a, he's a rich guy, fella, and I bet mm. he's a libertarian anarchist. Every pedophile in federal prison right now thinks that they're being oppressed by the federal government. Mm -hmm. Okay. For people who want to see your work, where should they go? Um, well, I have, uh, I was kicked off all the, uh, corporate mm -hmm. media because it's completely corrupted, but I'm still allowed, uh, to make my own because the United States government, I can have my own LLCs and make my own platforms. Mm -hmm. Um, so you can send me a letter with the United States postal service, which is still free. <laughs> At P.O. Box 490, Sandpoint, Idaho, 83864. You can subscribe to unauthorized.tv. You can watch me every day at unauthorized.tv. I'm also on Rumble, Telegram, rumble.com slash Owen Benjamin, Telegram. Uh, I've been let back on Twitter for a bit, which is interesting. So I'm Owen Benjamin on Twitter. And I don't want people to think that this is hostile. It's like, I'm just speaking what I believe to be no, true. And right. this is the free market of ideas. And I've been... Turned down by more anarchists, so I'll give you props that you are talking to me, which is good and strong. Like Dave Smith, Michael Miles, these guys won't debate me or talk to me in public because they know they're wrong and they don't want to be embarrassed. And that's that's not the free market of ideas. You got me and Dave Smith used to be like good friends. And now he won't stream with me because what? I'm gonna ask some uncomfortable questions about usury and sodomy and regulations. I it's you bring that up. I think that's how you got, there was an episode. I don't know if you remember this and this will be my closing remark. It was the three of you guys. I think you were all in studio together and malice made a self-deprecating remark about how like, Oh Dave, it's your like 
shorter than average comedian friend and you're taller than average comedian friend. And you said something like, Hey, just get up on my shoulders and we'll go on adventures or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I, I, I don't, do you remember that? I still could like malice. Yeah. That's the thing is like little tiny guys and giants can be friends. Like they hop on my back. We go on adventures together, but if they're going to be sneaky and try and pretend like I know what they did to Goliath. You know, they took, they used a slingshot, but they, they didn't let Goliath have a weapon. And then after they killed him, they clipped his ween. You know about that, right? What do you mean they didn't have him wet? Didn't he have a sword? Isn't that how David cut his head David off? David used a, a projectile. So, right. you know, they claim, okay, let's, let's ban all slingshots. And, you know, the naive giant was like, oh, you know, my body, okay. And then he comes in with a slingshot, kills him. And then after he's dead, he circumcises him. He clips his ween after he's dead. And I guarantee Malice to do the same thing. Like when, when David was trying to get Solomon's daughter, he, you know, King Solomon was like, or it was King Saul. King Saul was like, was like, bring me a hundred foreskins. And he's like, okay. And they brought him 200. He killed 200 and, and, and clipped all their dead weans, brought a bag of weans. <laughs> it's a true story. No, I, I was, I was trying to get my face. new special. You'll laugh about yeah. it. It's about King David. Uh, trying to recruit his buddy where he's like, listen, we, we got to go on a mission. Just hear me out. And he's like, well, what is it? Just be like, are you in first? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I guess I'm in. Okay. We got to, you know, King Saul's daughter's like really hot. Right. And he's like, yeah. He's like, okay, I, we got to kill some, uh, some Philistines. He's like, did they do anything to us? It's like, no, but we're going to do it. But it's after they're dead. That's when you're going to see me do something weird. He's like, dude, I'm out. I'm like, you already said you're in. And so, you know, <laughs> Uh, that's why I have a weird relationship with really small people. Cause like me and Malice can go on adventures where he's on my shoulders and, and we can be buddies and he can know that the giant defends him when people come for him, or he can pretend I'm a moon landing conspiracy theorist and push trans stuff on kids. And I know would clip my ween if I fell in battle and I know he would do that. And they bite it too. They use their mouth. Malice. Let's okay. be buddies again, Malice. Little dudes need giants. Don't keep kicking our shins. Because I'm 6'8". And I think Malice is no joke like 4'8". I can't think of a better way to end the episode than <laughs> on that note. All right, man. It's been a blast. Yeah, my guest uh, this week, folks, has been Owen Benjamin. Owen. <laughs> uh, oh, and have people check out my special, owenbenjamin.com, like that bit I just did. Like, don't take me too seriously. Like, I'm never running for go government. Mm -hmm. I'm not into government. I'm I'm not like going to be a tyrannical person ever. I have no ambition whatsoever of political power. I'm just calling it how I see it. And I find this stuff interesting. Mm -hmm. So just if you're listening to me and your blood is boiling, just know I will never even run for dog catcher. I don't care. I don't even like, I don't even like the government. I'm just pointing out the macro reality of a government. That's all I'm doing. Okay. Thank you. Folks, the guest has been Owen Benjamin. Owen, thanks for your time. And when is this going up? Because I'm going to uh, share it. This is great. Uh, it'll, I think my people can turn it around in 24 hours. So Thursday, like from our point of view, Thursday, tomorrow night, Thursday. That's all. Uh, are your I'll people going to like it, you think? You think your people are going to enjoy that? Oh, they're going to watch it. They, they may have to publicly say one thing, but yeah, they're going to watch it. <laughs> yeah, but they're going to be like, this is a fun time. They're not going to censor. They're not going to make you take it down, right? I, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe you're toxic. I, I mean, I'll try to post it and we'll see what happens. But you so. told me that I didn't have to record this. 
Oh, I'll give you the video. Okay, cool. cool. No, I'm saying the my pod, you know what I mean? Like where I post my podcast, I don't know if someone's going to flag it and take it down. Think about how funny no. that is though, right? Yeah. Like that, that you have no actual freedom. Like, so because of my thought that the government isn't bad, I'm not allowed to be on your private platform. Just really think about that. If you actually are a freedom guy, that's mm -hmm. terrifying. Okay. I get like, your point. Yeah. 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 If you are marketing yourself as pro freedom and you can't put this up where you put your podcast without any vulgarity in it, would it like, Oh no, the, the vulgarity was, was my own personal thing. I'm talking about, you know, your radical views. That's my radical what. views as a non-anarchist. Like, do you, like you see that you're inverted. This is an inversion. Oh, I mean, I understand that what you're talking about. Yeah, it's crazy. All so these you private put companies. Up Michael Malice with a trans, but not me as an actual independent family man living mm -hmm. in a farm. Just if they do push back and say you can't put him up because of his radical views about the moon landing, like mm -hmm. really, really think about what that means for the future. Oh, I will. Yeah. So I, you'll, I, you'll I, put I will. this up. I, get, I got your, yeah, and I'll give you the video. Yeah. I mean, well, yes, I am not going to censor you if that's what you're asking me. But if, but if someone this. you work with will tell you that you have to censor it? Oh, no, no, not, not like a coworker. I'm saying whoever hosts, you know what I mean? Like, oh, no, they're actually letting yeah. me back on now. Like, okay. I, uh, I'm way less toxic than I was viewed years ago because the trans thing became such a nightmare. Yeah, yeah like more people yeah. came around on that. So you, yeah, you yeah, kind of yeah. got... Like, I'm not even hated anymore yeah. at all. Okay, yeah, that, that's all I'm... No, I didn't mean like some of my colleagues might say, geez, Bob, Oh, yeah, thought? yeah, that's, what that's not what I meant. They're like, Malice, no, no. like, hey, man, what's up? No, he doesn't Don't, don't ever talk to Malice, <laughs> man. He needs more paternal... He needs a big brother. He does, he needs more guidance. Well, he maybe if he sees this, he'll think about that. And Malice, listen to me right now. Make sure you send him this part. Let's be buddies. You know you need a strong giant in your life to straighten you out. There you have it, folks. Owen Benjamin. The cookie thing. I'm a little fat right You've now. I get it. Another episode of the Bob Murphy Show, the podcast promoting free markets, free minds, and grateful souls. For more information and to subscribe to this podcast, visit BobMurphyShow.com.